0: at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. And I want to personally invite you to register for our next workshop coming up November 10th through the 12th in Florida, just outside Orlando. So give us a call at 1-800-49-PURITY or register online at gatewaymen.com. You're listening to Pure Sex Radio, training men, educating women. Brought to you by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us on the web at puresexradio.com. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan. We have back with us uh, Daniel Weiss with the Brushfires Foundation. So, Daniel, thanks for joining us again.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure, Jonathan.
0: And you know, we didn't even we didn't even tell uh, our listeners last time uh, the the great state that you're in. So why don't you just tell us where you're actually located? Because you know, a lot of people we have listeners from all around the world, and sometimes we just bring on guests, and I have I just make this assumption that people
1: are going to know where you
0: are in the world.
1: Well, the great state of Wisconsin is where I reside. It's where I grew up, and. Uh, about six years years ago, my family moved back here, uh, so our kids could know their extended family.
0: Well, what's amazing is that a guy like me who lives basically in Dallas Cowboys country, can actually be friends with somebody like you who lives in the you know the Packers world. Um that's just kind of amazing that we can actually get along.
1: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting, uh, you know, dynamic and just a testimony to the power of Christ that uh, Town versus America's team, we can still be friends. Yes, exactly. Well, <laughs>
0: hey, before we, uh, before we uh, get back into our conversation again, um, I just want to let our listeners know, you know, we, we opened up our Gateway to Freedom workshop in Florida uh, earlier this year, and we've got another workshop that's going to be coming up there in just uh, a few weeks And um, our Gateway to Freedom workshop, it's a three-day workshop for men who want to overcome any kind of sexual struggle or stronghold. Um, It's an intense workshop that really helps men dig into the deep layers of brokenness and and really get a solid um, plan for taking their next steps towards a life of integrity and purity. So uh, Florida is going to be coming up November 10th through the 12th. And so if you'd like more information about that workshop, just go to gatewaymen.com. So, Daniel, why don't we just uh, sort of pick it up where we left off, and, um, and I'd just love to open it back up to you. And we can go from there, and I'd love then for us to be able to eventually get into a little bit more about brush fires and just some of the specific initiatives that you're doing to seek to equip the church and really equip the uh, Christian community with truth and grace regarding uh, sexual purity.
1: Well, sure. Thanks, Jonathan. I think when we were last talking, um, you had asked me what had happened more recently in my life, what kind of milestones. And, you know, I had this revelation about um, just uh, developing addictive tendencies very early in life, you know, well before I would have ever understood what was happening. And I think that's true for a lot of people. But the, you know, afterwards, I was thinking, you know, we were talking about, you know, what's the roadmap. What's the roadmap for getting these breakthroughs? Or what's the roadmap through these processes? And that's the thing. In in many times, there isn't a roadmap. It's God's timing. And uh, I have to trust that God revealed that to me when he did for his purposes. And what I did is I received it with joy. Mm. um, And I was thankful. But don't believe for a second. I wish I hadn't learned that 15, 20, 25 years earlier. Of course, uh, my life would have been different. Um, but, again, that's the the interesting thing about Jesus and about our relationship with God is uh, when, when our lives are redeemed by Christ, even our wounds become glorious. Mm-hmm. And when you think about the resurrection of Jesus and when he appeared to his disciples, he still had the marks of the crucifixion. In fact, they even touched the holes where the nails went, and the spears went. Are not those the most glorious wounds that, that we'll ever encounter of course they are and but Jesus has the power to make our wounds glorious too and um that's the part that's the other side in in that process of healing that a lot of people don't feel yet um but i, I just want to say it's there it's there and to have patience but one other thing you just mentioned your gateway to freedom workshop you know in a lot of ways there is a roadmap through some of this and it's Taking the time, and it's being with people who know what they're doing, who have walked that journey, and to say, we're going to walk through this with you. We're going to go in the places, the dark places you won't go otherwise because you're doing it alone. And, and then you're going to find a safe, supportive environment to really find out the truth of who you are, how God made you, and and that there's a way forward with that knowledge, both head and heart knowledge. And so I, I just, I'm so thankful you're doing those. I know uh, people who have gone to those. I know some people who've led, co-led those things with you, those workshops with you. So I, I just have nothing but praise for that, that weekend. And, and if people have been on the fence about going, I hope they are able to go to that one or, or one in the future.
0: Well, and let's talk about that just for a minute about the, the, the process that there's a roadmap. Um, one of the things that we have seen over the years, though, in terms of dealing with uh, men, especially in these workshops, but then also with families and couples and things like that, is that um, our tendency so much is to take whatever information is being delivered to us and almost exclusively just process it through mentally. Um, and so I guess one of the things that I would ask, again, pushing on this idea of of in, of embracing or experiencing heart knowledge of these things. Because the Bible says, you know, we live from our hearts. Life is in the heart. It doesn't, not that it's disconnected from our heads, but in terms of where kind of the scriptures talk about really the essence of life, it's in our guts, it's in our heart, you know? And, and so, um, what do we do or what do you, what do you, what would you have for our listeners in terms of being able to help them understand um how to keep from constantly just wanting to only process the information that they 're given through their head, because the thing is there 's lots of ministries out there there 's recovery programs there 's educational programs there 's awareness ministries that are that that contain a lot of good good, good information right but so many times we find two, three, four years later after somebody consumes this incredible information. Their lives are still broken and still empty and still kind of on the same treadmill because it's only been processed mentally. So how can we guard against that and really embrace more of the heart knowledge?
1: Well, it's a great point. And and I think, you know, you you mentioned living from the heart. I mean, the Latin word for heart, it's core. It's C-O-R, core. And we get... From that word core, we get our word courage Mm. and courage, uh, honestly, is something that most of us uh, have in short supply. We're we're not a we're not a culture that embraces real courage. Uh, And so it's hard, especially for men. um, But certainly for women dealing with these issues, it's hard to have courage as well because of the stigmas attached to them. But um, the courage is what we're, we're needing to move from the, the head to the heart. The head knowledge is, is safe. It's safe mm-hmm. and it's distant and removed. In a sense, although it's in our head, it's still externalized. We're thinking about it, we're not living it. And that's the difference. To go from thinking about it and processing it to living it, that's the 18 inches. And that is extraordinarily frightening for a lot of us. And, you know, it it, makes it, me th- it, sorry, it makes me
0: think of something that you said last time we were together. You, you mentioned it several times about your own personal discovery of realizing that getting into the heart reconnected you in many ways with some of the trauma from your past. And so then if you think about that, it's why it makes so much sense that we get more and more comfortable in our heads than we do in our hearts, because it's also in our hearts that that we uh, carry our pain and so many times we want to avoid either reliving or just addressing the wounds and the pain from our past. And so sometimes the head can be an easier place to live than the heart.
1: Well, it, it is. It is. It is easier. And and, and again, the, the courage, I think a big part of this, it's not pray away your temptation. It's pray to enter into what God's doing in you already. And And even... Godly people, people that love the Lord Jesus, are still resistant to his work in their lives. And I think if you if you take a moment and think about it, all of us can say, yep, I know where I was resistant. I can pinpoint things where I was resistant to God's uh, redemptive action in my life because I was afraid. And, you know, so I pray for courage. Mm-hmm. I'm praying for courage for the people here. Have courage to to ask God to be with you. And to take you into those places um, i I believe he'll answer that prayer in fact, you were asking about you know personal updates. I had one more recently uh, than the one I shared, and it was you know I had been going along in my recovery journey and my life you know my sexual integrity journey uh, was feeling pretty good you know had some things squared away had uh, had made progress had had been processing and working through wounds and habits and patterns and then it's like I was walking around like my life was a series of tunnels and, I, and these tunnels I was in now that I felt pretty good about I had lighting up the paths were well worn I knew where I was it was comfortable it was decorated and then the floor fell out mm. uh, it's kind of spiritually and I found myself in a new cave that I didn't know existed a different cave of my heart and this one did not have it was not well lit Um, it was extraordinarily dark, slimy, spooky noises. You know, it wasn't a place I wanted to be yet. God, God broke the floor, the foundation. So I would go deeper. And I see that again as his kindness. He says to me, I want you to become everything I've created you to be. And you have to fall through this floor and you have to work through this cave before I can reveal the next step to you. And it it is so hard to do that. Oh, yeah. Um. But it's part of the path. It's part of the journey. And so to do this in community, this is a big emphasis for me and for our ministry is we've got to create communities where this is possible. Mm -hmm. I think you're trying to do that. I mean, I I can see. I know you're trying to do that with Pure Sex Radio and Be Broken and your Gateway to Freedom uh, workshops. Is There really is safety, and we want to make sure people know it's out there so they can come when they're ready.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, let's, let's dive in a little bit more into brush fires for, for those who maybe weren't with us last time that you were on the program. Uh, could you um, give a little bit, uh, just kind of an overview again of, of what is your ministry? And then let's dive into a couple of your initiatives that you're, that you're doing and, uh, and help our listeners understand a little bit more about that.
1: Sure. Sounds great. Well, I, I shared last time that I had worked at Focus on the Family, uh, working on issues of sexual brokenness, uh, recovery initiatives, and also God's design for healthy sexuality and relationships. So I had a, like I said, a good foundation, a head head knowledge foundation. Uh, when we moved back to Wisconsin, you know, I had to leave Focus, and uh, I had another job with another nonprofit um, doing uh, community. Cleanup on sexually oriented businesses. So, you know, thematically linked to what I had been doing at Focus. I was the director of research and outreach. And shortly after I moved to Wisconsin, uh, I got laid off. And so I had a period of time where I was praying, God, what's the next step? Um, And then the word came to me, you know, I've given you a vision. It's your job to steward it. And that vision really was to help Christians. Understand how to deal with sexual brokenness and then how to live toward God's design for sexual health and wholeness. Uh, out of that, the Brushfires Foundation uh, was formed. Uh, we take our name from a Sam Adams quote. He said, It does not take a majority to prevail, but a tireless minority keen on setting brushfires of freedom in people's minds. So we really wanted to be setting uh, brushfires of freedom regarding sexual wholeness and sexual health and relational health. Um, And we also knew we were a minority. There's not a lot of people doing this work, as you well know, Jonathan. Uh, There certainly is a big harvest and uh, not enough workers to go around. But so we were working here in Wisconsin locally. We were doing some national initiatives, working with other groups. And what we discovered out of that and looking for what's our sweet spot, where is God really calling brush fires to operate? We really came to understand over the course of several years that our focus is the church, and specifically church leaders, pastors and lay leaders. Because if you look at the culture today, we're really not, we don't have allies in politics, we don't have allies in the academic world, we don't have allies in the entertainment industry, we don't have allies in the news industry, we don't have allies in the business industry, and now even sports is becoming politicized on sexuality. So there's virtually no aspect uh, of culture that is (laughs) proclaiming a Christian vision of sexuality and relationships. The only place we're hearing it, and even now it's very faint, is the church, the Christian church. And so if there's any hope for culture, if there's any hope for floundering people, I believe it has to happen in the church. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, you know, in our prayer uh, earlier, you know, the church is the bride of Christ. And I know Many people have had bad experiences in the church, and some have left, and some maintain a personal relationship with Jesus, but the church is God's called out people, the community of believers, and if the community of believers isn't doing anything on this, there isn't hope for our culture, and certainly for many millions of people struggling, so uh, we have been focusing our efforts on serving, equipping, and training church leaders, uh, again, clergy and lay leaders to begin that process of creating a new culture where we're comfortable with the fact that we're broken, uh, not accepting of it, not embracing of it, as some churches are, but comfortable with the truth that we live in a fallen world and we have fallen hearts, but God is here to redeem them, and there's specific help that we can offer people in need.
0: Yeah, what have been some of the—I'm curious uh, where some of the resistance points have been in trying to bring that message into the church, maybe locally or even just the church at large, because uh, we've got some of our own, you know, stories of how that has gone, and it's not as smooth of a uh, pitch as one would <laughs> like it to be.
1: <laughs> well, you know, you remember in the last episode, I told you how stubborn and hard-headed you know, hard I was, yeah. um, and I think that's my, maybe why God called me to this, because uh, not only did I choose, you know, well, again— I felt like God, God backed me into this in His own way. So I'm doing this at God's call, not because I, you know, chose it. But uh, I, I'm doing, I'm working in an area that nobody wants to talk to. No one wants to talk about. Nobody really wants to talk about the truth about sexuality. It's uncomfortable. And then I chose, you know, we chose the worst possible audience for this message. It's pastors, right? Um, because for many, many reasons, I love pastors. Uh, they do fantastic work and they're 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 certainly unheralded heroes in our culture, but they do not want to touch this topic with the ten foot pole. yeah and again i'm t- I'm talking about biblically orthodox uh, Christian bible believing pastors, not those that are embracing uh, kind of worldly secular ideas about sex, but but faithful Bible pastors do not want to touch this and 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 so we have, but essentially, the most important audience is the most unwilling to receive the message is what we're finding.
0: Yeah. And it gets me back to what you had mentioned earlier about just such a need for courage, right? Um, one of the things that um, that I'm seeing, sadly, that's happening so much more today is that um, those who are in leadership, pastors and, and other leaders in ministry, are, um, acquiescing to their fear and, and, you know, instead of just being clear and biblical and standing on that, um, in a calm, totally level-headed way, the, the fear that is being generated in our, even within the church to think about what the ramifications could be for, our nonprofit status or what the ramifications could be for you know, all these legalities and all these other kinds of things, which, hey, those are realities in our culture today. I mean, there's um, there's a lot of stuff that's coming at us in terms of trying to um, strangle our voices um, through the legal system. But sure. just just needing to have courage. And, and courage doesn't, in this battle, I don't believe means that we are, um, you know, we're we're necessarily mounting up you know the crusades again it's not like we're we're doing anything like that all we're trying to do is stand on the biblical foundation um, regarding sexuality and just listen defend, defend that um, and that's becoming harder and harder and obviously you're recognizing that in your ministry so let's talk about a couple of initiatives you've been working on and things that you guys have been doing I'd love to hear uh, our listeners to hear about both seeds of fire as well as pray love heal can can you share with our listeners about I, that
1: I would love to and and again it just it, it it these two two initiatives have come out of our experience working with church leaders and and working with everyday folks that are concerned about these things um, we talked about courage and and no it's not it's not a physical battle it's not a crusades type thing but but as I say that you know we've got This fantastic passage in Ephesians 6 where uh, the Apostle Paul tells us this is not an earthly battle. It's a spiritual battle happening in the spiritual realm, and it's against spiritual powers of darkness. And so what is our greatest weapon against in a spiritual war? I mean, of course, Paul's uh, passage lays out the full armor of God. Prayer is how we access God's spiritual armor, Mm -hmm. and as an organization, we were going through some strategic planning several years ago, and we had developed 13 objectives, uh, 12 objectives, I think, uh, that uh, we wanted to accomplish as an organization, and then at the very end of this process, I mean, at the very end, someone says, you know, there's nothing on here about prayer, and it was just this throwaway line, so we we added the 13th objective, lucky number 13, uh, you know, develop prayer ministry. Right. And nobody had any vision of that. Nobody had any knowledge. You know, we we had no intentionality. But then when we were asked to go through the process of ranking those objectives, what was most important, prayer came out on top for the entire board. So all of a sudden we were awoken to the fact that prayer is we listed it as number thirteen, and when we prayed, God listed it as number one, right. and we paid attention to that. Well, you know. And so, you, go ahead.
0: I'm sorry, but you you can't see me, but I'm I'm over here smiling and almost kind of chuckling because it made me think when you said that it made me think of um, I was uh, at a board meeting uh, earlier in the year with a partner ministry of ours, and um, and the the president of the the ministry that was there was saying, you know, we're gonna we're gonna spend some time uh in prayer today and she says, we're not gonna do what um what most churches and ministries do, which is at the very end says, anybody want to pray real quick? You know, <laughs> yeah. like real quick. Right. She says that's the word that everybody wants to put on real quick, real quick, and realizing, now wait a second, that's sort of that's kind of putting the that's flipping things in reverse. In terms of how God, if you look through the scriptures and look through history, how He orchestrates movements and massive revivals, is it, prayer doesn't come on the back end of that. Prayer comes on the front end.
1: Yeah, and a massive amount of it too, Jonathan. And and so, as as one of our supporters said when learning about the project, he said, you know, too often prayer is our last resort when it should be our first resort. And that's really what's animated us and changed the direction of our ministry now. Uh, several years ago, uh, we did a crowdfunding campaign. We, we got uh, $5,000 to build a website and develop some content. And basically, we put together a ministry called Pray, Love, Heal. And Pray, Love, Heal is a global community community. Uh, praying about the sexual brokenness of the world, spiritual, sexual, and relational brokenness. And we include spiritual brokenness in there as well, because we know that sexual issues and relational problems are at their core spiritual problems, oh, yeah. because they go right to the heart, again, that core, which is our identity. They're attacking what it means to be human, male and female, and made to love as God loves. That's where the attack is happening. It's on our identity. And then what we do, how we act in the world, flows out of who we are, or as we realize, especially in our addictions, what we do and how we act flows out of who we believe ourselves to be. And so that identity piece is key. Uh, So we started a prayer ministry, and each month we were praying about a different topic. We were praying over marriages. We were praying over Same-sex attractions. We're praying over uh, people harmed by pornography. We're praying for men in a sexualized culture. Praying for women in a sexualized culture. For children. For sex trafficking victims. And so we've developed this series of monthly prayer topics that we put out. You know, it's it's an email-based thing, so people would sign up and get about ten daily uh, email prayers that would include a short meditation, some scripture and then a prayer, along with some resources. Um, So we've had that going now for not quite two years. And what we've done recently is turn that into more of an automated website where people would not have to wait and just receive whatever prayer topic we were going to cover that uh, month, but they could go in and choose whichever topic they were interested in at any given time. And so we've built a lot more flexibility and adaptability into it, and the other thing we're going to be adding in the coming year is what I'm calling a personal prayer pilgrimage. So uh, we've got these prayer journeys that allow people to pray for others struggling with these needs. and And now we're going to, as we develop this, we see the need, for a personal prayer pilgrimage, I'm the one struggling with pornography. How do I yeah. pray for myself? I, I'm the one struggling with same-sex attraction, or I have a child that has same-sex attraction. How do I pray through this? How do I uh, encounter this, and in, in what's God's word on this? And so, um, just to wrap up, the beauty of this campaign, these campaigns and these topics and journeys, is that a great deal of what we were doing is educating people on the basics, through the Bible verses, through the meditations, and then through the prayers, we were helped guiding and training people um, on a scriptural or biblical way of thinking about these issues. And again, what we found from the feedback we've gotten is people aren't getting these messages from other places. They're not hearing this stuff in their church. Um, and, and that's that's both exciting to know that we're filling a need and then alarming to know that there's such a need out there to get good almost basic catechesis or Bible study on some pretty important topics for the day.
0: Right. Well, Daniel, we're almost out of time, but I would love for you to at least touch on seeds of fire and then um, just give, give our listeners all the ways that they can contact your uh, ministry and get to know about all these uh, resources.
1: Well, thank you, Jonathan. And you, you know, I, I love chatting about these issues and I'm so glad you're doing the show and all the great work you're doing and your entire staff does such an excellent job. Uh, The other project we developed was a film series called Seeds of Fire. And it's a Christian film series tackling many of these same topics. And what we did is we screened 11 films dealing with all kinds of sexual and relational brokenness uh, here in the Oshkosh, Wisconsin area. And uh, we we followed each film with a panel discussion of, of local and regional and sometimes national experts we brought in to take audience questions and tease out uh, the ideas in the film. And and again, what we learned was that every time people were saying, why aren't more people here? Why aren't more churches here? Why isn't my church dealing with these issues? And so again, we've discovered a great need um, to educate even the Christian church, lifelong Christians on some of these topics. But we've we've now turned the website around so that Anyone can do this series in their own church or their own community, and we've got guidance on that and tell you how to get the film licenses and how to screen them. So we're really excited to turn that over to other churches and let them kind of begin that process of, of using films, documentary films, to talk about these issues and open up the conversations.
0: That's
1: great. So so you can, uh, you can access both those resources. The prayer ministry is simply prayloveheal.org. And the film outreach is seedsoffire.org.
0: And, of course, brushfiresfoundation.org is your website? Your That's main, your correct. Main website. And you
1: can, you can get to either of those from the main website as well. Okay. And
0: listeners, we'll post all of that in, in our content with, uh, with the podcast as well. Um, Daniel, thanks again for being here and just encouraging our listeners and uh, just for the work that you do. And I just want to encourage you in that and, uh, and ask that you keep pressing on.
1: Well, we appreciate it, Jonathan, and, and the partnership and the friendship we have. And I would just ask your listeners to pray for us. This mm-hmm. is uh, helping the church is, is, is a difficult task, but it, but it must be done. And uh, So thankful for your partnership on that, Jonathan.
0: You bet. We're glad to do it. And listeners, we're always glad that you're with us. And we look forward to having you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.